It's time for Blessed to Play on EWTN Radio, uncovering the role that faith plays in the lives of sports professionals from around the country. And now, here's your host, Ron Meyer. Fire score! My guest today, Tim Berto, was part of the Bluffton University football and baseball teams. And on March 2nd of 2007, while Tim was traveling with the baseball team to a spring break baseball game in Sarasota, Florida. An unfortunate accident happened on his charter motor coach who was carrying 33 members of the Bluffton University baseball team and horrific crash that happened close to Atlanta. Tim was on that bus and uh, suffered some uh, traumatic injuries, including a brain injury that left him in a coma. But I'm happy to say that Tim came out of it, and his life is quite an inspiration. He is able to talk about some of the tragedy that he did go through, the adversity, and how to overcome that through the darkest of times. I'd like to welcome Tim Berta to Blessed to Play. Tim, it's so great to have you on. Thank you, Ron, for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Now, before we get into the the events of March 2nd, 2007, I know you have a tremendous love for sports. In fact, you were a two-sport athlete in college, which is it's uh, very rare. It's very rare that a an athlete even plays at the collegiate level, but yet alone two sports, uh, Bo Jackson-like. You were a football player. Uh, you're a football player and a baseball player. But just talk about your love for sports and uh, how you gravitated to football and baseball. Well... I would say my love of sports began when I was, see, I was born in 1984, and my mom and dad had me in the baby swing while they were watching the Detroit Tigers win the World Series. So, um, and that was, now obviously I don't remember that, but that's kind of symbolic and treasured to me that I was introduced that young. So you played uh, football, obviously, in uh, I think basketball and baseball in uh, high school. And uh, and then you decided you want to take your talents to uh, the collegiate level. And you chose Bluffton University. Talk about that process about uh, ultimately picking to go to that school in Ohio. Well, I was exploring the colleges I wanted to go to because I was planning to become a nurse. Mm-hmm. I was going to earn a, ma- a master degree in nursing. And when I got the letter of recruitment from Bluffton University, I looked at them and they didn't have a nursing major, but I also thought, I'm not going to have this chance the rest of my days to be able to keep playing a sport. So I went with them because sports is in my blood. It's just, that's competing is who I am. I want to, I want to compete. I like running. I like playing sports. I enjoy it. So that's kind of, who I was at the core. 
Now, you played four years of football at Bluffton and two years of baseball, but uh, you also coached there as well uh, your uh, junior and senior year, I believe. But talk about your time at Bluffton uh, playing football and also baseball. It must have been a great time for you because, as you mentioned, you love sports and love competing. Yes, I did. And it was uh, now I was not that good to where I could just spend a little time here and there on each of them. I needed to spend much more time on them to be as successful as I desired. So pretty soon my grades are starting to fall off and they're starting to to slack and I got was getting burned out and so I decided that I better stop. But funny story I went, I was going to give up playing baseball mm-hmm. and there, as I was walking through campus, I realized coach Grandy's office was on the way back to my dorm. Coach Grandy is the head baseball coach. And I said, well, I guess I could go in and tell him, I mean, that'd be, that wouldn't hurt anything. Or I could just not show up, and then he'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I thought, well, yeah, but if I go tell him that's less time for video games, I mean mean, uh, studying, that's less (laughs) time for studying, I mean. And, um, but, so I went down to talk to him, and then he offered me the job of student coach as my campus job. So I said, why not? That's great. I can still be involved with baseball and mm-hmm. I can still work out and lift and be a football player that was the best of both worlds. Exactly. Yeah, that's quite a time for you where you could be remain in the sport that you love, meaning baseball, and also continue on with football, obviously. Blessed to play Ron Meyer chatting today with Tim Berta. He's a survivor of the Bluffton University bus crash. His story was done by uh, ESPN on an E60. Uh, Look that up. You'll really get the flavor of what uh, Tim went through. Well, Tim, let's get into the events of March 2nd, 2007. It was 5.38 in the morning, and uh, there was a motor coach southbound in a left-hand HOV lane right off of I-75 in the Atlanta metropolitan area, I believe. And the driver accidentally entered a left exit ramp, which ended abruptly at an elevated T-junction marked by a stop sign. And when he reached the top of that ramp and the stop sign, the bus was traveling at a highway speed. The driver lost control of the bus. It slid sideways to a, um, into a concrete bridge and the chain link fence and then fell 19 feet on its side on the interstate below. And uh, Tim, you were part of that that group, obviously, and I know you don't have recollection because you were obviously unconscious when it happened, but I want you to talk about your reflections of that day, but also when you came out of the coma, what were you thinking at that time? Well, the like you said, my reflections on that day are just that. I mean, some people might know more about it than I do because, I mean, I lived it, but I wasn't I have no recollection whatsoever. 
I don't even remember getting on the bus the day before that Thursday evening. I had to be told that we left that Thursday evening from Bluffton, and I had to be informed about the accident because I had no idea. The first thing I can remember is waking up in UT. Mm -hmm. And I was six, I was a month and a half, six weeks, all in Atlanta, of which I remember absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. And guess who visited me in Atlanta that I have picture of to prove it, but I don't remember it, and I am sick to my stomach. Mm-hmm. Hank Aaron. That's tremendous. Yeah. he. So I can say I met Hank Aaron with complete honesty, but I can also with complete honesty say I have not met Hank Aaron because mm-hmm. I remember nothing. <laughs> well, what is truly remarkable here, you had this obviously traumatic brain injury, and uh, I think you were one of the most severe injured uh, people who survived the crash. Of uh, the 35 people, there were I was the worst injured survivor, yes. And seven were killed out of the 35 people. So yes, something happened. A light went on. Uh, obviously, God's grace. But something happened in this rehabilitation process with your soul. Tell us what gave you the motivation to go on to fight. I know you're a fighter because you have this saying, play like there's no tomorrow, and you could put that onto any adversity that you would face. But talk about what was going on in your soul, in your spirit to fight uh, unbelievable circumstances. Well, at first, it was anger. It was confusion. Mm -hmm. It was, I don't want to do this. What's going on? Just Mm -hmm. trying to figure out why these mean people are putting me in this harness and putting me in this truck, in this wheelchair and putting a helmet on me. And I didn't understand why I had to eat this sloppy pureed food that was all blooded up and the drinks didn't taste right and I didn't understand. A lot of that was anger. Mm-hmm. But the more, the longer it went on and the more mom and dad kept telling me what was going on, I mean they would, the whole time they would be by my side, they would be telling me about what happened and why I was there and what was going on but I wouldn't retain it for any amount of time. And by, I was at UT in patient rehab for about nine weeks. And toward the end of it, then I started to, to realize what was going on better and understand more. And I, then the athlete inside of me, mm-hmm turned on Mm -hmm. because then it's that okay I'm going to win you tell me to do 10 reps of this well I'm going to do 12 (laughs) because that way 
see if I do eight when they tell me to do ten, then I'm no good. Then I'm gonna lose, mm-hmm. and then they won't see. In my head, I thought they were just putting me through these things to get a laugh at me. Mm-hmm. Whoever these mean people were in this hospital, I didn't know what was going on, but they would do these things to laugh at me. And so I, in my mind, I thought if I make this look easy and if I make it, if I do extra, if I keep fighting, then they're not going to get have so much to laugh at, and then they'll send me home, get me out of here. Mm-hmm. That's so that misunderstanding actually Motivation. helped me in a large way. Mm-hmm. Tim, I want to, I want to, we're going to take a break right now. On the other side, I want to talk about. I mean, doctors did not give you a lot of hope on how you would progress, and you fought all the odds. And it's amazing what you're doing right now in your life and what you have accomplished up until this moment. And I want to talk about that on the other side. My guest today is Tim Berta. He's a survivor of the Bluffton University bus crash. Uh, It's a tremendous story, and he's inspired by faith. We'll talk about that when Blessed to Play returns right after this. January is the month dedicated to the most holy name of Jesus. St. Thomas Aquinas observed, The name of Jesus possesses great and manifold power, for it is to those repenting a refuge, to those who are sick a remedy, to those fighting life's battle a shield of defense, to those praying a help and consolation, because it obtains pardon for sin, strength of body and of mind. Join us in this devotion to the most holy name of Jesus with books, rosaries, devotional candles, litanies, and statues available at EWTNRC.com. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Welcome back to Blessed to Play. Ron Meyer joined today by Tim Berta. He was part of the Bluffton University football and baseball teams. Uh, He was involved in the Bluffton University bus crash. We talked about what a horrific accident it was, and Tim was one of the survivors. There was 35 people on the bus. Seven uh, lost their life, unfortunately. Tim had a a long rehabilitation process. In fact, uh, traumatic brain injury, uh, uh, had to go through all the rehabilitation with his uh, his physical limbs and uh, just to get, you know, able to move. And the doctors really didn't give him much of a prognosis of hope. In fact, uh, they thought he was going to have a tough life ahead of him. But uh, Tim wanted to fight those odds. And he has obviously that competitive spirit to fight those odds. Tim, when the doctors told you, you know, I don't think they offered you much hope, but where did you find the hope to just keep fighting and, and to progress uh, in the rehabilitation process. 
the more I understood about what happened and the more it hit me and kind of sunk in that I shouldn't be here, mm-hmm. that I, there were people who were killed and I knew those guys. I was doing, the more I, that sunk in, I began to, to fight to go after things to honor my fallen teammates. Mm-hmm. Because I know that their families would love to have them if they couldn't even move at all. Mm-hmm. They would love to have them here. And while I'm here and I have a chance that I'm going to go after everything that I could get back to honor them mm-hmm. because there was one players, one player who was alive a week. Zach Aaron was his name a week after the accident, almost to the minute he was in the hospital with me and he died. And right afterwards, his dad came into my room to give me a pep talk. And then obviously I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. But he said, among some of the things he said was, we have got to have something good come out of this and keep fighting. Tremendous words and prophetic words and did because a lot of good came out of you uh, living through those injuries. Tim, I want to talk about your faith. I mean, uh, uh, on the E60, the SPN E60, they don't really get into that. But I know faith has been the guiding light. And how could it not when you're faced with your own mortality, your faith in your faith in God through this whole process, I want you to put it into perspective in your own words. I, how do I begin this? I went through a lot of uh, phases. Mm-hmm. I would get angry at myself, then get angry at God, then get angry at my situation. Then I would be, then it would all be okay over time. And then pretty soon something else would happen, like a a failure in an exercise, or I was trying to move a cone with my arm and it wouldn't budge. And I would get angry and go through those stages all over again. So it wasn't a certain day or end point that I, or certain point that I can point out to say that's when I really changed. It was, it was a process all throughout the time because there were ups and downs all over the place. And I was, and again, the more I found, the more I learned about how how even the first responders got there so quickly and how they made a decision because they could have rightfully left me and that other player, Zach, out on the freeway mm-hmm. to die because they usually do with those lowest scores of the Glasgow-Colba scale, the then 
and again, the more I realized and learned about what happened and how close on the brink of death I was on more than one occasion, the more I realized that this is not, this is not a, this is not a random situation. I am meant to be here. More than one thing could have, very easily could have and should have, according to science, killed me. Mm -hmm. So I am meant to be here. <laughs> yes, you are. You are meant to be here. Tim, it's been amazing uh, as you went through your recovery process and when you had the strength and the wherewithal to accomplish some incredible things. And let me just go over this. You attained your master's degree. You uh, obviously graduated from Bluffton. I mean, the crash happened, I think, uh, a few months before you were supposed to graduate. You helped. I was eight weeks away from graduating when the accident happened. Eight weeks away, yes. And um, you were part of one of the, the coaches who found the Lord's University baseball team, a uh, Catholic College in, in Ohio. Um, you're currently doing some coaching now. You're doing public speaking. You have a lot of energy. You, you're all over the place. Um, it's pretty amazing. And I know this was a long process for you. Where are you today post Bluffton in your life? I, well, as I said, I speak a lot. I, I run. I lead a couple different sports at Lord's University for their athletics study tables. I'm a member of the alumni board at Lord's University. I uh, what else do I do? I um, substitute teach on occasion at Summerfield Public Schools in Petersburg, Michigan. I help coach the girls varsity golf team there um how about that <laughs> football basketball baseball coach girls golf yeah well yeah well tim you're making me tired with all those things on your plate i think you need to take a step back and tim did not mention he's also writing his memoirs on top of that so there you go that's icing on the cake and it's really tremendous that you're able to just do all these different things and what a witness you know I have so many athletes that come on this show who talk about adversity, but we're, we're talking about adversity with regard to an injury, not a life or death situation. And to see you come through this, not only physically, but spiritually and mentally as well, I, you know, I, I, I couldn't really, I'm not in your shoes, so I really can't go through it, but just thinking about everything that you had to go through each step of the way and, and saying yes Talk about that saying, playing like there's no tomorrow. We have a little uh, over two minutes remaining. What is that What is that saying actually mean for you? What that saying means to me is that you, you do it today. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it might, it, might, it might pass you by. The opportunity might be gone. And the time is one thing you can't get back. Mm -hmm. So... Go after what you want to go after and and lay it all on the feet lead it all on the field. 
do you t- your players at Lords uh, College? I know you you probably get on them when they're not playing up to their ability and uh, and give them a little kick in the you know what. Um, do you like that? Do you like being a coach? Do you like interacting with the players, obviously, but you you love to see them get the best out of them. Is that what your goal is with those players at Lords? Well, yeah, I do, and I help coach the girls' golf team too, and. That's the same with the Lord's athlete is athletes is that I try to to encourage them to give them advice to help them mm-hmm. to to maximize this short window in their lives and get the most out of this that they can get because some of the some of my sports memories mm-hmm. from from youth to to college, some of the best memories of my life. So, I want to I want to maximize that ability in them to to really make the most of this limited time in their lives. Very well said. Well, Tim Berta has been our guest, and. Uh... You know, we throw out the word inspiration uh, in a lot of different areas and arenas as well. Um, but Tim's life is certainly an inspiration to overcome the most trying of circumstances and to use the grace that uh, God gives each one of us to really rely on in those difficult situations to become a shining light. And Tim Berta is just that. If you want to know more about Tim, uh, I encourage you to go to his website. It's myboyberta.com. His last name is spelled B-E-R-T-A. Tim, thanks so much for the time. I really do appreciate it. And I, I was very inspired by researching your life and obviously overcoming these uh, horrific situation, the situation in your life and making the best out of it. I wish you all the best there at Lord's College. I know your memoirs will be coming out. I encourage our listening audience to be on the lookout for that. And thank you so much for joining us right here on Blessed to Play. Yeah, thank you, Ron. And I, yeah, my memoir is coming out in March, or that's the plan. It's going to be released in March, so on Amazon. So called Fielder's Choice. Fielder's Choice, be on the lookout for that. Hey, Blessed to Play fans, check us out on the web at, at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two, play.com. You can like us on Facebook and hit us up on the platform X at Blessed to Play. For Tim Berta, I'm Ron Meyer. We'll catch you next time right here on Blessed to Play. You've been listening to Blessed to Play with host Ron Meyer on the EWTN Global Catholic Network. If you have a question or comment about today's show, feel free to email us at info at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two, play.com. You can also connect with the show on the web at www.blessedtoplay.com. Again, that's blessed, the number two, play.com. Join us again next time for Blessed to Play on the EWTN Global Catholic Network.